Hello once again everybody and welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. My name is Steve Guy, I'm your moderator of sorts. I will be joined shortly by AIW owners John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. But first, we want to give thanks to our sponsors again feeding us here on this very cold December day is Angelo's Pizza out of Lakewood, Ohio on Madison Avenue. So thanks to them again giving us some food. We always enjoy our dishes from there. Uh, we also want to thank SmartMark Video, who provides you with all the DVDs of AIW shows and your digital downloads, MP4, all the streaming that you get from them. And of course, Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our printing needs and can take care of all of yours. They also do graphic design, and they'll do banners, clothing, pretty much anything that you could think of. Make sure you check them out at jackprince.com. JKPrince.com. That's right. And that voice you just heard was co-owner one, Chandler Biggins. Uh, we also, as I said, are with co-owner two, John Thorne. And where are we this week, Biggins? We're live from the studio apartment in Parma, Ohio. It's my studio apartment. I think it should be ours. I only have a me. It's a yeah. It's a studio apartment, but me and Steve Guy are moving in. There's not a lot of room in here. We're gonna save some money, that's for sure. Are we gonna have to share bed, headhunter style? <laughs> that's fucked up, John. Me and you promote our partners sleeping in one bed. No, it's we got a problem, brother. It's fucked up, me and my brother. Man, that episode is just blowing up. By the way, it's last a- last week's episode is a very very. Very popular. It is a good one of you. Yeah, it almost prompted us to give uh, give the one guy his big run. Oh if, yeah, there's there's been hefty talks about bringing uh, head head Victor. head hunter Victor uh, <laughs> in for a hot singles run. If you haven't listened to that yet, we absolutely urge you to go back and listen to. Uh, it was a two part episode, but that's the second part of the double dare. Uh, episodes that we did of the card is going to change recapping the tag team tournament that we had back in November and uh, the fun that was had I suppose with the head I'm taking I'm taking a sip of my doors for the working man right now for the head owners doers doers <laughs> you gotta work on that so uh, we'll get the jokes and the last doers. out of out of the way at the moment uh, this week's episode is going to be more serious in nature certainly there is a topic that has been out in the the internet world and the world in general here for the last few weeks. We have yet to hit on it here on the card is going to change uh, because we needed to make sure that we got that episode part two out to you. Uh, but John Thorne has already been on Fightful.com and responded himself. Chandler Biggins, being the other owner of AIW, certainly has not been able to respond yet. And so that is what we are doing on this episode today, folks. I am, of course, speaking of the situation that occurred between AIW and Matt Riddle. Well, uh, there was a tweet uh, when this was all going on, and I thought it was hilarious. They said uh, they listened to John Thorne's uh, interview about this, and they said he's the Danny Davis and I'm the Jim Cornette. And I thought that was one of my favorite tweets of all time. I laughed so hard. Get ready, folks. This is going to be a Chandler Biggins heavy episode. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of lots of new lot, words going to be used. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I say that the, the laughs will be very little, but maybe I'm wrong when I said that. Uh, like Thorn, Thorn is the one that you know. Years ago, he was the one. I was the one that calmed him down. But then last couple of years, he's the one that calls me down. Okay, so before we get into it, I just want to reset the scene for folks. It's been a couple of weeks. Going to recap things for some people. And for some people, this has just been all 
uh, a bit broad, and, and they don't know much of what happened. Uh, but the way this began, there was a text message sent to John Thorne from Matt Riddle, uh, voicing his displeasure with the way he was booked in AIW, and also that, uh, well, he did not think he was booked on the December 30th show coming up, the Jelly of the Month Club show, uh, and then he asked to be removed from all future dates and bookings. Uh, from there, the AI Wrestling tweet went out that said, We regret to inform you, Matt Riddle will no longer be appearing on 1230 or any dates going forward as he did not like how he was booked. After that, Matt Riddle then tweeted out, Just want to apologize to all of my AI Wrestling fans after texting with John Thorne AIW. We decided my future with hashtag AIW is over. Hashtag King of Bros. And, uh... Ultimately, I, I suppose things could have ended there. They did not. Um, not at all. Uh, tweets kind of went everywhere, back and forth. You know, not going to uh, point fingers at, at anybody, and then that's not what we're here to do, it's just to explain and talk about the situation. Uh, but then from there, Matt Riddle did go on a podcast that he's actually part of on Fightful.com and spoke to it. I believe they call it the Brocast. His is okay. There you go. His is called the broadcast, um, and and these are are things that have not been able. Uh, the Chandler Biggins has not been able to respond to mostly at this point. John did go on to Fightful's podcast after this and responded um, to and the both claims. Both of those are on their podcast network. They and are. Both are on YouTube, and I think uh, Thorne explained it very well. Uh, he, him, and I are going to explain uh, kind of more in depth here. Um, we promised people that we would talk about it on here, and obviously, there's been a lot of requests to hear about it from our side. Yeah, we apo- we apologize to people that like uh, we're kind of done with the situation. We don't we're not trying to beat a dead horse here, but yeah, we're not trying to rehash anything. We and- you know people asked. Asked us to, you know, this was a requested topic. And it uh, wasn't just like one tweet. Like there was a ton of people going, we want to hear about it on your podcast. He even says in his podcast, I know they're going to talk about it on there. So. And, and, right. And then that's kind of what prompted John to go on there uh, first, which I think was fair. Um, you know, we're not sitting here. We're not going. We're trying to not necessarily say the exact same things that John has already talked about on Fightful. By all means, you, you should listen to that. Listen to both sides. Uh, but again, the the bigger part here, as we said, this is going to be Chandler Biggins heavy because he's yet to respond. Um, so for those of you who did not even watch uh, Matt's portion of the podcast, the highlights there are he said there was a miscommunication and it was his belief that um, he was asked back in August about certain dates from AIW and uh, he said that while he said yes to them, um, he still needed to check because he was free at the moment and he would need to get back to AIW. Well, before you go uh, read everything, I think we should respond uh, sure. and comment on every one. Uh, we'll start at the beginning. You know, Matt Riddle is one of the it guys on the Indies right now. Uh, we were very interested in booking him, especially because um, we were doing the MMA heavy blood sports show. Uh, which we did a podcast about that. We had Sheena Baszler, Dan Severn, and with his UFC background and his breaking into professional wrestling, we thought Matt Riddle was a perfect fit for that show. Uh, we put him against Lewis Linden. Lewis Linden is, like Thorne said on his uh, Fightful podcast, Lewis Linden is a locker room leader. That He's been around probably, probably a good decade. I think he debuted in AIW in 2006. 
Uh, he's had very few breaks in that time. Yeah, he's been, you know, Lewis Lemon's guy that's been with us. Uh, if you go back and watch old, old AIW, uh, he, even before he was Lewis Linden, he was a Brian Linden. Uh, he's, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, been working with us for the better part of 10 years. Let me ask you this, because the one thing that Matt Riddle talked about, and he, he did kind of go back and forth on Lewis Linden, uh, of course, first said that he was a pirate and he had to lose to him and, and, you know, took a low blow, uh, from him to lose. But then he also said that Lewis Linden is a good wrestler. Um, so it seemed like maybe there was some familiarity and some not. Lewis Linden obviously is a longtime veteran. Do you have guys that are newer to wrestling that cross over in this way, or at least newer to the independent scene that sometimes do have a trouble losing to someone like a Lewis Linden who has been on the independent circuit for a long time, but not, you know, not been in a, an upper echelon. Of really, really on the level Matt Riddle is the independent level, like, uh, with no contracts, uh, real, I know he's contracted to WWN, but really the only time we've ever had issues with, uh, people losing is when like a TNA contract, uh, is up. And then Brian Danielson wasn't able to lose, uh, at absolution the one year because there was some, some WWE had instructed him not to lose on the independence, uh, which, you know, I don't know if it's known or not, but, um, but definitely we've never had a problem with like an independent person saying, I can't lose to this person or that person. Uh, and the whole thing with like Lewis Linden is he's a veteran AIW. So we figured, Hey, put this new guy to AIW. Cause, uh, you know, Matt Riddle's real known in the independent scene, but I don't think a lot of people realize uh, there's a portion of the AIW crowd that strictly comes because they're AIW fans. So to them, Matt Riddle, they might not know who he was or, um, you know, they don't follow the indies. They're just strictly AIW fans. Well, and besides that, you know, I, I think we should probably, I don't even know if I explained it on the Fightful thing, but neither of us had really watched Matt Riddle ever wrestle before. We kind of just booked him off of his reputation. I know you saw him at Alpha One once. Yeah. Um but uh, I don't remember the timing of that. But we we'd never really seen him wrestle either. So that was kind of an uh, another thing. It's like, yeah, you know, this guy has a lot of buzz, but you know, it it could have just been, you know, we wanted we wanted to see if you know if the hype was real or if the hype was not. You know what I mean? And like Lewis Linden is a guy who I feel is uh, one of the most technically sound independent wrestlers, you know, in the United States. So it's like. And he's a guy that, you know, we trust his opinion. He's been, you know, he's been with us, like we said, for 10 years. So it's like, okay, Lewis, like, go out there and work with this guy and, you know. See what he has. Let, let's, let's, let's see if it's, you know, if it's the real deal or, you know, if he's just kind of being booked strongly elsewhere uh, sort of thing, which, you know, he <laughs> ultimately was his problem with AIW, not being booked strongly enough. But, uh. You know, it was kind of one of those things. Is like let's let's send Lewis Linden out there with him. You know, and obviously it's his first night in. Uh, he's not going to come in hot and win. Every, you know, win everything. Oh, for sure. And the whole thing with the low blow is uh, that didn't come from Thorn or I. I don't know where that came from, uh, and I don't know if it was Lewis Linden saying low blow or Riddle. But on the paper, it just said Lewis Linden over. So I don't know where the low blow came from. That wasn't a directive from us, uh, and it actually got us a lot of internet heat because we had two matches back to back with low blow finishes. Uh, and we took the shit for that. We take the shit for that. Uh, but the Alex Daniels, Michael Elgin match was supposed to have one 
And then I don't know what happened with the Lewis Lynn and Matt Riddle match. Yeah, because that's a. I think that's a big misconception, uh, especially on the independent level, um, or maybe just with us. It's like you know we don't really book specific finishes. Um, you know we book these guys. Um, you know, kind of like you know they're they're artists. You know they know what they do. Um, it's just like you know we'll pick who wins or loses or whatever. But it's kind of like okay now you guys go out there and you guys you know you tell your story unless there's some sort of specific storyline which there wasn't in this situation it's just like you guys go out there and you know have a good match you know come up with the hottest finish you think you know a wrestler is going to come up with a way hotter finish than two non-wrestlers yeah and and as someone just to throw my two cents in here as someone who has been in the locker room who has seen the cars and seen the anything in the inner workings here of aiw the one thing i can say off of that is that show in fact did launch you guys into a very strong directive to start putting, hey, enough low blows. Um, and, and that's something that became oh, definitely a hot a big topic issue. after the fact. So it's, I think it's clear, maybe it's not clear to the general audience, but anybody who's within the AIW locker room, it's clear that uh, that show, you guys weren't happy with that being the finish multiple times. And that was something we you, noticed you put that, forth We forward. noticed it that night, but then the internet exploded it with complaints yeah. and criticisms of it. Uh, and we took the shit for it, but it wasn't us. It was either one of those guys. Well, uh, we like, I, I, I guess kind of the moral of the story is, is maybe we were providing too much freedom to the talent um, to kind of come up with things. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, that kind of, like you said, it kind of motivated us to get a little bit more hands on with things. Cause you know, two guys are not going to go and check, you know, with uh, 20 other talents that are, you know, that are booked to see if they're all doing the same thing. You know, it's kind of, uh, like the Wild West in some ways. Well, yeah, because, you know, guys show up late. Guys, you know, they got to worry about what they're doing. They can't worry about, you know, the uh, eight other matches that are on the card that night. So uh, one of the things, uh, Biggins, that was mentioned, it well, in reality, you were kind of the odd man out in this. Uh, John Thorne was uh, specifically noted as uh, the way he handled things, Matt not being necessarily a fan uh, of him, did you have any interactions yourself specifically, or is this just uh, as we've noted here before? There are certain guys that that John works with to book. There's certain guys that you work with to book. Um, he's the one that had the personal interaction with Matt Riddle to give him the dates, but you know, it's not like when something's going on, me and him aren't in constant contact, uh, and everything that he's to blame for. Like, I'll take credit for fifty percent of it because, you know, we were talking all morning. Uh, from the time he woke up to the time the tweet went out about a couple hours later, we were talking, what are we going to do? You know, what is going to happen? Uh, he he hasn't watched the Matt Riddle uh, interview yet. I watched it and gave him my side of it. And um, he talked about some of that cliff notes. A couple other people watched it too, gave him cliff notes uh, for his interview. Yeah, because like based on kind of, I was kind of, um, I guess, warned, so to speak, as to, you know, how negative and, you know, I guess somewhat malicious uh, Riddle's uh, podcast was uh, specifically in my direction. Um, and I just don't want to surround myself with that just kind of negative, like, shit. So I specific, I purposely did not watch it because uh, I didn't want I didn't want it to. Uh, cause me to be reactionary or say something I shouldn't or do something I shouldn't. You wouldn't have wanted me to do that interview that day. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Beacon's kind of provided me with cliff notes uh, as, you know, that several other people reached out throughout the day uh, and let me know. And it's kind of, you know, that's that's really all I, I needed to know. I didn't need to sit there and, you know, watch the his entire 15-minute um, I just lies pretty much. Uh, but you were talking about personal interaction with Riddle. Yeah. Uh, I talked to Riddle at Bloodsport. I'm the one that pays him. Uh, I talked to him at Bloodsport. I talked to him both nights at Double Dare. He was nothing but a gentleman. He said he enjoyed his time. Um, he said that he had a good time. Like, there was no... Like, I know in his, his podcast he talks about, oh, well, I voiced my displeasure with AIW for months and months. And he was nothing but great to work with. Uh, he talked to us. He was just fine. Like, you know, I paid him no problem. He was joking about how, like, we paid him as trans without having to, uh, like, fight with people because he said other promoters he works for or has have worked for in the past, like, it's hard to get trans. Uh, he And then for him to go on the podcast and be like, well, they ripped me off on money and this and that, it was, like, I was more dumbfounded than mad because I didn't know where it was coming from. Well, yeah. and I think that's I mean, that's the one thing, sorry, John, that I, I want to point out there because a lot of people don't know, but typically at the shows, Chandler, you're the one who handles taking care of everybody financially, so you can sit here and confirm, you know, if there was yeah, something because, he needed to be compensated because for. Because if you haven't been to an AIW show, it works like this. Thorne is more like the behind the scenes I'm, guy. I'm like the back of the house and he's the front of the house. Yeah, yeah. because I handle all the problems in the front. He handles all the problems in the back. Uh, I handle all the problems with the ticketing and the, oh, well, there's too many people in the front row. What do I do? You know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like a, going to a play. I handle the front of the house. He handles the back of the house. And then a lot of things we kind of just meet in the middle. And I handled financially him every time. And I reimbursed him on all his receipts and then the thing with the receipts is you pay them the receipts and then you double it for the way home. And he was paid both times uh, he worked for us, complete. Um, and like the thing he said about us forcing him to pick up wrestlers, uh, that was not part of our plan. That was him. I know Thorne talked about it on the Fightful podcast, but Hot Sauce Tracy Williams and Veda Scott were going to his show the next day. So they came in the car with him. That was not something you know we asked of them. We try to help the talent organized cars and stuff but that was something we didn't have any handle in uh 90 of the time the talent uh handles their own business and just like clears it through us at the end yeah like they you know they kind of all knew that they were going to the same place so they you know they got in the car for the weekend together because they all had aw and they all had beyond wrestling the next day um and i i just want to kind of point out is you know riddle kind of had this kind of ven vendetta against me or whatever and I think as far as personal interaction goes, Biggins definitely had more interaction with him personally than I ever did. Cause if I'm, you know, in the, in the back, um, he never asked me really one question other than like, Hey, I'm Matt. Hey, I'm John. Nice to finally meet you. Um, really the only time we ever talked in any sort of detail, which was maybe five minutes at most was at the double dare after party where he just, you know, I told him, hey, you know, we want you on every show. It's, you know, you're doing great. And he said, man, I can't wait. With, with, without trying to, you know, speculate on who or where it came from, does it seem fair to say that perhaps some of that negative energy in his mind came from an outside source? Oh, 100%. Perhaps, from, I think from having dealt with you guys? I don't want to say that he was coached, but I definitely feel like 
some people may have We're in his ear. try to push their agendas through him, so so to speak. Sure. Not necessarily that he was coach, but if one or two people said something, I think sometimes I, perception I, is reality. I think some some people maybe that we have potentially had some falling out with in the past saw social media kind of blowing up and kind of said, hey, man, blah, blah, blah. And that kind of, I don't know, riled him up maybe. Well, and like him to say that we have 20 match shows uh, and our shows are too long, like that's been something that has been said by certain people that might have a problem with us in the past. But all the shows he worked were shorter shows. Well, and that's also something that uh, I think to your guys' credit was something that you were knowledgeable about because even though the card wasn't necessarily long based upon how many matches there were, but historically AIW has at times ran very long shows, but I, I would say that 2016 has really been a huge it's step It's something forward. we're conscious of and we're trying to improve. Yeah. And we've cut a lot of the filler and try to make it all killer. Um, and the whole thing is, like Thorne was saying about people uh, telling him maybe talking points or something like that. Like, oh, they have long shows. Complain about that. Like, have Now, one of the things, of course, he brought up that was a big point of contention was the booking. And I don't want to touch necessarily too much on what he said about the booking, but in general, um, peeling back the curtain, have you guys had, have you guys had somebody come to you before saying, Hey, look, I'm not happy with the way that this is being booked and and work something out. I think in any line of work or any profession or any kind of performance art, you're always going to have people that think they should be in better roles. I mean, that's just not every single person on the show could be the main event. And, I think that a lot of times some people forget, like, if you're invited to do a show, that that's us saying that we, like, are behind you. And uh, a lot with the local guys, that was a problem. Uh, But, like, for a talent like him, you know, he's booked as, like, a super indie type guy to come in and we're trying to make him a regular that would eventually lead to a big role. But, like, Thorne was saying, we're not going to bring a guy in hot um, when this is his first show. Do you think that some of that could have been, I mean, just looking at yourselves and, and moving towards the future, any other future talent that may come in brand new, is that something that you guys now, a few weeks removed, have looked at? Like, you know, maybe we could communicate this better with somebody in the future uh, to the point uh, of saying, you know, hey, look, man, this doesn't mean that we're not behind would, you, but this would, is just... I would say no, because, I mean, you know, the cat's out of the bag, man. Everyone knows wrestling is a work. It's sure. A perf- it's, you know, it's a performance art. Uh, For sure. You know, to be mad about losing a fake sport is ridiculous. You know, like, you know, you were in, you know, a a real combat sport. Um, This is wrestling. This is how it works. It's it's not real. You know, like some people got to win. Some some people got to lose. And to say, like, we misused him by having him lose to Lewis Linden. Like, it wasn't like we brought him in and he's losing to Dave the Potato. Lewis Linden is one of our main guys, and he's practically been undefeated for the last two years. I mean, he's not a per- he doesn't have a perfect record, but more than a majority of his matches, he wins. Well, Zack Saber Jr. lost to Lewis Linden. Exactly, right? And just the month. Not before, one problem. So. Zack Saber says, "When are you bringing me back?" Yeah, um, and to go back to on, on what you said about people coming to us or, yeah. or whatever, I would say that you know. Newer guys, no. Um, guys that we have a long-standing relationship with, they will come and they'll provide ideas, or they'll say, "Hey, you know, guys that are involved in, you know, for more or less stories, or are working towards a storyline that are consistently there." Oh, absolutely. A lot of them will provide feedback or 
say, you know, what if we do it like this? Or uh, it's it's kind of like a, you know, almost like a group brainstorming session. But a guy like Matt Riddle, who was, you know, coming in, you know, he essentially did three sh- three total shows, two events. Um, he never said anything to us, which was what was kind of so bizarre to us. because And especially to bring up that he had had multiple discussions with us of not liking his role. That was not spoken of once. It was nothing but handshakes and smiles from him. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I said it before, but, you know, all almost all of our interaction was via text, and it was just kind of like, here are the dates, okay, cool, um, and and that's pretty much it. There was never any mention of any displeasure or um, it was all always kind of like, hey, you know, I, I appreciate the work sort of thing. And to be going over in the tournament, it's funny because we actually had them winning the tournament, uh, but then he had backed out because he had a va- vacation in Vegas. Hot Sauce got booked in uh, Europe, so then we decided when both of them canceled that we were going to make Crazy Pain the champions, and they lost to the people that won the tournament. I think that is still a strong booking. Like, not every single person can win every time, or Matt Riddle would hold every championship then at that point. And, I mean, maybe he had disagreements with working with them when they were calling the match or whatever, but none of that was ever brought to me. Like, none of the four talents in that match was ever brought to me when I was – and I'm – very approachable. Uh, everyone knows exactly how to find me um, if they have a question about anything. So, um, no, I thought it was, I thought every performance he had in AIW was great and I saw no problems. Um, and like Thorne was saying, you know, if you're having a disagreement with another talent in AIW, why wouldn't you come to the promoter and say, can we figure this out? Yeah, like no, nobody said, hey, uh, we're not getting along calling this match. Um, you know, we're we're not we're not doing this. These guys don't want to do this. Uh, we've had instances where we've had to change stuff on the fly, uh, especially in tournaments because uh, they couldn't figure something out or they had a problem working with so and so. And we're very accommodating. We're probably more accommodating than most places you would find. And so to reset here for folks listening, and and maybe some of you are fans of the Fightful podcast and are tuning into this here. Um, this is an episode that our owners, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins, uh, by no means is this to reopen any sort of can of worms, but it was felt that this was owed to the fans of AIW and the fans of the AIW podcast who only got some vague things. And, and this is definitely just to put the bookmark on it because, sure, uh, you know, put Matt, a bow on it, put a bow on it, put a bookmark on it. Uh, you know, Matt Riddle's going to be just fine without AIW. We'll be just fine without him. Uh, and the thing was, I wish it would have been handled a lot differently on his end. Like, I wish he would have just said, hey, I am I can't do the shows. Um, and that's that's that. But, you know, to not tell us anything and then all of a sudden, you know, we advertise him and then it's a big blow up. Like, I think like we would have had no problem with him if he would have just said, I don't like working there. Or, hey, you know, I, I have another booking that day or, you know, I got I got a better offer or whatever, you know. Sure. Um, the, I mean, I mean, we've had many people uh, get opportunities to go elsewhere on certain dates like, you know, pretty much any PWG show we've ever ran against. Exactly. A hundred percent. A lot of times people go, oh, I can't do your next three shows because I'm going to Japan. I'm going to Europe. And I think a thing that, uh, you know, a lot of fans or there's a lot of kind of third parties chiming in on this when it kind of blew up on social media 
I think a lot of people are failing to realize is, you know, we made this agreement uh, months in advance. We wanted to be organized. Um, we wanted to give this guy, you know, fill his dates up as, as far in advance as we can. So then, you know, it, it's just less pressure for him to find work. Um, but the thing is, is, people fail to realize is we made plans for that. We advertised him to our to our fan base. I mean, uh, even he gave us weeks notice to cancel. It's still we had put time and money and effort into advertising him to try, you know, to try to promote him as a talent and promote our event. And ultimately, it makes us look bad when we're pulling talent. Basically. When somebody that we have been promoting is appearing, who is you know, we, we don't deny he's a he's a hot act in independent wrestling right now. You know, people want to see him wrestle. So it makes us look bad when, you know, he pulls out no matter how far in advance, he still has pulled out of the event. Um, and that disappointed quite a few people. And I will say the one thing about the third parties, there was a lot of doom and gloom about, oh, AIW is going to die now without Matt Riddle. And, you know, no offense to Matt Riddle, but I think we've, you know, we've had 12 years without him. And then we had three shows with him. Uh, I think he'll be fine and we'll be fine. And, you know, to... Again, we don't want. We're not going to go over every single detail that was mentioned on the Fightful podcast. Uh, by all means, uh, we urge you to go back and listen to that if you want to um, to hear exactly what Matt said, and then John's exact response to that, uh, covering text messages that were exchanged and and whatnot, and, and those exact details. But to Matt's credit, I mean, and again, this is part of why we're doing it. There were moments in his interview where. He tried to say a lot by saying very little, and I think that's, again, why we we had to sit down here today because he was vague and, and would say things like, I don't want to drag them through the mud, which is nice and appreciated, but at the same time, it opens think, things I, up. It opens up a I lot of thoughts. I think that kind of goes back to what we said earlier is maybe he wasn't necessarily coached, but people were definitely sending him things because he could provide no examples, really, of the things that he said. You know, he says, oh, everybody hates John Thorne or whatever he said, or they have these long shows with 19 matches. Oh, the locker room environment is awful. Yeah, like it was very vague statements with no, like, my locker room experience was awful because of X, Y, and Z situations, or these talents, these these talents dislike uh, AIW, or, you know, this, this, and this. He was very vague because I feel like he was given talking points or just people contacted him throughout the day and he just kind of ran with that, but he really had no examples to provide. Um, well, let's, I guess let's, I mean, well, I, I want to do I that, think, but I don't want to, but I think have you words, had people I, come to you guys and have locker room issues before? Oh, I think, I think the biggest issues is, and you know, I don't want to get into too many rumors and innuendo, but the fa- innuendo, innuendo, yeah. innuendo is innuendo. that word. Uh, I don't want to get into too much of that, but there are a lot of people that came to us and said there's a lot of issues with him taking multiple dates and canceling and other stuff. And I know there's been other stuff, you know, we've read about, but, you know, that's on him. I don't know for sure if any of that's true or not. Uh, But I will say that a lot of people came out of the woodwork to say that this guy is wrong because the locker room is great. Uh, I know uh, Steen contacted Thorne. Uh, We had a tweet from him as well. Uh, Kurt Hawkins loved his time. Uh, Hornswoggle and Gail Kim, Sanjay, all these people that are veterans of the industry are coming out and saying, no, it's great there. And I know people could dismiss that and say, 
oh, well, they book them. That's why they feel that way. But, you know, none of those people need us. Like, you know, if you're in WWE, you don't need to kiss the butt of some promoters in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, and I don't, you know, to, to be fair, I don't think, I would highly doubt Kevin Steen is ever on the independence again, uh, honestly. I uh, mean, he's, in two years, look what he's accomplished. I think he's fine. But, you know, he he did, you know, he did come and he, you know, uh, as much as people maybe think he's absorbed in the WWE machine, he very much pays attention uh, to the industry and, uh, you know, Specifically, AIW, we, you know, we speak pretty frequently and, uh, you know, he had kind of he had seen or watched or whatever uh, the Fightful podcast with with Matt Riddle. And uh, he came out and contacted me and he was just like, you know, this whatever this guy is saying is 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 pretty ridiculous. You know, he's like, you guys are great to work for. I love the I loved the environment, Um, you know. Kevin Steen was not in the locker room double dare weekend, obviously, right. but I would say the locker room environment is always pretty much a very laid back, low key situ- you know, situation. We're very low pressure guys to work for. So, um, you know, I appreciated a guy like Kevin Steen, who's, you know, a champion in the WWE, you know, taking the time to, to contact me because, uh, you know, both of us throughout the day, we felt very kind of attacked and kind of down by the things that he said because it was very it, it was very much a, a smear campaign on his behalf i felt um it was very malicious um and 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 really like you know just kind of just unjustified and, and out of nowhere and like you know the things he was saying were very slanderous um because he had no examples you know he was just making things up and kind of trying to go out of his way to have an a negative impact on our business uh and specifically me as a, a person, a promoter. People hate you, but I won't tell you who. Right. And, I, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, I, I felt that it, it was a it was an attack on his behalf. And in, in fairness to Matt, these stars who and wrestlers who reached out to AIW, who tweeted about AIW, nobody was sitting there saying that. Uh, they had an issue with him. It was simply a voice of support. It's not him. To it's the what promotion. He, it's what he said. They were just it's, voicing a, it's what he support applied. to the promotion. It's it's the the picture he tried to paint about AIW as a whole. Yeah, I feel that these people had a problem with. Um, it wasn't specifically. I don't think people, you know, those people think of him one way or the other. I think they more took offense to how he was trying to portray AIW and how he was trying to. Uh, portray me specifically as a person uh interesting question here because he was so vague in these interviews and and he didn't really cite the examples would you ever welcome not on a podcast maybe like a closed door kind of whether it's a text conversation a phone call uh actually you run into oh, each him, other. Him telling us a conversation what, what he meant. Yeah, with Matt love, Riddle. Yeah, I would hey. love to know what he meant by all of it because it's one thing to criticize us; it's another thing to give us constructive criticism. And you know, we've never had uh, somebody a hundred percent. Oh, I love AIW. There's always you know people that give us like, oh man, you guys should maybe do this, and then we take that and we work with it. Like people give us advice all the time and stuff, but just to say AIW sucks, I hated being there. Well, that doesn't solve anything. If there was a problem 
we could have worked with it and worked it out or whatever. You know, just criticism doesn't help anybody. Where if it was constructive criticism, uh, we could have worked on it. And it could be, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it could be the situation where maybe some of these examples that he has that he didn't want to say, which is, again, in fairness to Matt, that was polite to not throw all of those things out there because I think part of it, those could be unfounded rumors and things, but at least if you could hear them, rumors you could put and them, innuendo. You could put those things to bed with Matt. Um, I honestly, it was just kind of like I would love to know what his intent was throughout the whole process. You know what 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 purpose he like? You know, I guess his mindset of I'm gonna burn this bridge forever. It, like drop a nuclear bomb on it. Like it. Three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was when he texted me. And, you know, it like I said on the fightful thing, it was it, it was pretty rude. Um, what you know, what he said, um, you know, that I, I didn't send it out publicly or whatever. But uh, he was. And, and then I love how he got mad that Thorne didn't reply immediately because uh, he was in China and Thorne's in, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, USA. Uh, so then he got mad that Thorne didn't respond immediately at 2 a.m., which I thought was funny. Yeah, but, you know, like I said, it was pretty rude, um, and it wasn't a let's talk about this or let's change this. It was a statement that he sent, um, and, it, and And that was one thing that people have said, like, oh, why didn't they work something out with them? Yeah, well, wasn't, I don't think there was any work to... It wasn't up for, it wasn't up for discussion uh, as far as he was concerned, you know. Obviously, we, we were looking forward to working with him on a pretty consistent basis, uh, you know, we had given him all those dates all the way back in August before we even seen him really wrestle. Um, and then, you know, we had offered him our entire 2017 schedule on top of that, um, which, you know, he never officially confirmed. But, you know, we gave him those dates. It's like, here are all these dates. Um, and he never said when I sent him those dates, he never responded with uh, there's an issue. There's this. There's that. He didn't respond at all uh, until he decided that he didn't want to do the December 30th booking. So to bring this whole chapter and thing to a close, um, we are a few weeks removed from it at this point. I'm not going to ask if, hey, do we ever see Matt Riddle working in AIW again? That could be a question that is, uh, you know, better suited for further down the road. I think but the chances are slim to none, to be honest with you. Because we're not going to book somebody that doesn't want to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like... Well, before I get to that final point, I guess that that's fair, though. There are some people who feel... Uh, and you can respect that if somebody says, well, his quote is, is the juice juice worth the squeeze? That happens sometimes in independent wrestling, correct? It, I mean, that happens in any job or sure. anything where you make income. And if he doesn't want to be here, then we don't want him here. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. You know, um, if you would and if you would have handled the situation a little bit differently, the, the door would have been open. You know, there's uh, we had much worse falling outs. It, in the past, so to speak, with people, and they've found their way back in AIW. And what was crazy is, like, we were talking, it was never that he was gone forever at first. You know, he tweeted that, we tweeted, and then he tweeted, and it was kind of done. And then, like, three hours later, this interview gets posted, and it's like, well, I set the bridge on fire. Well, now I just dropped uh, a complete, you know, tanker truck of gas on it. Sure. So, uh, going back here, wrapping this, wrapping this up, kind of closing the door here uh, on this chapter. Um, you get a phone call today, a week from now. It's Matt Riddle, and he says, hey, man, uh, you know, this went down, how it went down, but 
you want to can we at least talk it out and that's not necessarily to book him in the future but to communicate what some of these ambiguities were um and, and what he meant and the intent so to speak that what you guys said do you welcome that conversation or do you say nope we're, we're not even going to talk about it. i mean we've talked to him but like you know it is what it is i think yeah i think i think kind of you know i would i would hear whatever his issue was because like biggin said you know we're always looking for we're not perfect we're always looking for advice or things to improve on or things that uh we can do better and sometimes we're so far in the bubble of aiw that maybe like especially like let's let's just toss a name out there like bj whitmer comes in and we have him in this match and he goes to us well what about doing it this way like thorne was saying we take input so a lot of times like bj will say something or uh, you know, Sanjay will be, oh, what? And not necessarily their own matches, but they'll be like, well, when Steve Guy does this, why doesn't he do this? You know what I mean? They may be a bit more aware of, of how these guys are perceived elsewhere. Or just right? in general, like, oh, this might work better. Okay. So we're totally open to feedback or, oh, I want to wrestle this guy or let's do this this way. Like, we're totally open to take feedback from people. But him, it was just like very vague and really nothing we could work with that he improve. Yeah, I mean, you know, if he if he wanted to ex- explain himself or whatever, um, that would be fine. But I I really don't see a a working relationship developing again because it's just like we, the things that that guy said and the damage he attempted to do uh, to our overall business and perception publicly. Um, you know, who knows even still what the impact of what he said is going to have on us going forward. Um, and there are probably people that don't know us that his word is the gospel. So they think there is some horrible federation in Cleveland, Ohio that treats people like shit. You know, so um, I would I would say, you know, hey, if he wanted to talk civilly, that's that's great. Um, as far as business goes, I would say probably not because, you know, he could have very well caused quite we don't know yet but he could cause quite a bit of negative impact on our business going forward and you know that's something that's really unforgivable from where where we stand because we've put everything business first like we've given up friendships you know thorne just talked about his girlfriend there's never been a time where we put anybody above the aiw business and matt riddle is not going to be the exception well, folks, that's uh, that's going to do it here for us on AIW's. The card is going to change for the owners of AIW, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. Uh, my name is Steve, guys. Thank you for joining us. And uh, this has been the conclusion to the chapter of AIW and Matt Riddle, question mark. You know, thanks. Now you got two fucking stolen lines every week. <laughs>